This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. In Ottawa right now, there's a lot of discussion about Bill C-18. Now, it's a bill that proposes to establish a system of payments for companies like Google or Facebook, forcing them to pay for the news content that they post on their sites. News content that you likely read and click through right on their website, but not on the site of the news organization that produced it. So would Bill C-18 be helpful to news organizations or would it lead to more problems? Our next guest thinks it could lead to a digital desert here in Canada. So let's find out why. Michael Geist is with us now, Canada Research Chair in Internet and E-Commerce Law and Professor of Law at the University of Ottawa. Michael, thanks for being with us. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. What kind of problems do you think this could lead to? Oh, I think there are any number. And I think, uh, to be clear, we actually are not talking about uh, content from news news organizations that are read on sites like Google and Facebook. There are links on those sites, and they are read on the original publisher's site. That's really why this bill has become such a source of concern, because what the government is mandating is payment for links, which really does underlie the entire free flow of information and how we find information online. The government is saying when you link to that content, Facebook doesn't publish full text of these articles. They publish a link that sends the reader back to the original source, and the government is saying that they still will be required to pay what could run into the hundreds of millions of dollars for linking. Right. And now Meta, which is the parent company of Facebook, has said if that goes through, they're going to what, just stop posting those links? Well, they don't post. We should be clear as well, right? Uh, Users post those links. In fact, oftentimes it's the media companies themselves that post those links. And what they say is that they will stop new sharing on their site. They say it constitutes uh, less than 4% of the activity amongst their users. So it's not particularly important from their perspective. But when the government says that they envision this paying as much as 35% of the news expenditures of every news outlet in the country, that's newspapers, that's radio stations, that, that's television stations, that's everyone uh, with basically uncapped liability because now you're saying you're paying for links and you're paying it as a percentage of news expenditures. No surprise that a company like uh, Meta or Facebook will say, you know what, well, we have to consider the prospect of, of stopping news sharing on our platform. And what do you think that could potentially mean for Canadians? Well, I think it's, you know, I think it's one of those cases where everyone loses. You know, there were, I think, a number of options the government had. It chose really the worst possible one, uh, because by grounding what they're doing in linking and what's such a core part of what we do online, they basically forced, I think, the hand of these tech companies. And, you know, no one likes to be siding with these tech companies. But at the same time, you know, when you're taking on what is such a core part of the Internet, there are risks there as well. And what I think is likely to happen if they go ahead with this is that you're going to see that we, that we will see the, the loss of news sharing on the platform. I think those users that have come to rely on those platforms as a place where they discover certain things and then click through will will stop doing that. The news sites themselves will lose revenue and traffic as, as part of it and will have a diminished internet, quite frankly, in Canada. How will they, how does this bill propose to differentiate them between individuals who share links, right, between friends 
versus a, a company that is posting links? It doesn't. Um, in fact, the government was asked specifically during the, the hearings that took place on the bill when it was at the House of Commons. So, you know, if someone posts on their Facebook page something about a news article, uh, does that, is that captured by the law? And the answer from the government was no. They said, well, what if they add a link to it so that they provide you know, the original source to what they've been writing about? And the government responded, well, then, yes, that would bring, bring that post effectively into the scope of the legislation. And so it's not that each post is there, that someone's sitting there, you know, at a cash register saying, you know, ka-ching, ka-ching for each link. But the approach that they are taking in some ways is potentially even worse. It's saying because you are linking, because your users are posting these links. And as I say, at times, it's even the media organizations themselves doing the posting. You're responsible for payment. And as they talk about the prospect of a percentage of expenditures, you know, 35%, over a third of the cost of news borne by two companies based on linking, um, that creates, from the company's perspective, basically unlimited liability. I mean, what's to stop companies from saying, okay, I'm going to put plow more into this, which we might say is a good thing, but that also creates an increased dependence or reliance on these companies and a cost that, as I say, by the parliamentary budget officer's estimate, runs over $300 million a year. Wow. Is this something that Canadian media companies say they want? Oh, you bet they want it. Um, It's a big payoff, uh, particularly, interestingly enough, for broadcasters. And so we tend to think of this as something that would be benefiting the newspaper sector, and we know some of the hits they've taken. But that parliamentary budget officer estimate suggested that more than 75% of the revenue will go to broadcasters. That's, That's Bell and the CBC and Rogers. That's not even going to the newspapers. And after, you know, the large newspaper chains, the post medias and tour stars of the world get their share, it's not clear that there's going to be all that much left even for some of the smaller players and some of the independent players. But it's those big voices that have been at the, you know, at at the forefront in lobbying for this approach. Okay, and what do you think is a better way to approach this, though? I think in a number of ways. I mean, the most obvious one, frankly, is make sure that these companies pay their fair share of taxes and use some of those revenues to help fund the sector through various kinds of funding. In fact, you could even think about, and the government is thinking about, almost a surtax on these digital companies for some of the revenues that they generate directly coming out of the use of our information. They've already talked about doing that. You could say, we'll take some of that money and we'll put it in, and that gets us out of some of these issues associated with links. Or you could require them much like uh, CanCon funding to say, you know, a percentage of those revenues goes into a fund and we use that to fund journalism. So now we're not talking about funding uh, the bottom line expenditures of particular companies. We're not into linking. We're not into the kinds of questions that arise around the independence of the media. But we're actually trying to fund journalism. The government hasn't chosen that. I mean, so there were options. Instead, they've taken this mandated payments for links approach. And in doing so, has resulted in both of these companies saying that they're exploring the possibility of removing news from their platforms altogether. How far along is Bill C-18? Pretty far, actually. So it, it passed through the House back in the fall. And interestingly, the government didn't you know, try to race this through. In fact, they conducted hearings that at first they didn't even want to hear what Facebook had to say about this. And there's plenty of reasons to be critical of Facebook. Uh, you know, we desperately need stronger privacy laws and competition laws and the like. But the idea that you'd say that this, to this company, pay hundreds of millions of dollars, but we don't even we don't want to hear what you have to say before committee, I thought struck me as, as odd at best. Uh, but it passed through the House, didn't get a lot of attention. It's now at the Senate. 
Uh, and the government in some ways seems to almost be welcoming the saber rattling with the tech companies, despite the fact that this feels almost like a bit like a Thelma and Louise type of moment where yeah. everybody's heading for the cliff and nobody wants to hit the brakes. We're going to have to catch up with you again then and see what happens here. Michael, thanks for your time. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. That's Michael Geis, Canada Research Chair in Internet and E-Commerce Law and Professor of Law at the University of Ottawa talking about Bill C-18, which, as he points out, is pretty far along and could drastically impact where you see news and where you get your news, actually. And uh, yeah, we definitely have to follow along with that, see if Facebook and Google uh, face those repercussions and what they will do as a result of that. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.